Good morning, ladies. Good morning. It's so good to see you today on another beautiful day in November. Who knew that we could have so many beautiful days this, uh, this month? We're grateful for it. Well, before we get started, um, as you finish getting your coffee and everything you need, how about if we just um, take a moment to calm our hearts and our minds and our souls and just pray this morning. Our great God and Father, we do praise your holy name. We worship you, your goodness and your majesty. We are grateful for another day. Thank you for your word where you teach us. Help us to hear what you have to say to each one of us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I think it is a beautiful day for us to be encouraged, to be rooted and grounded in our great God. And I think it was a fitting lesson this week that the truth of God that we want to be speaking into our souls is that he cares for you, right? That he cares for you. And I thought about that in particular for today, voting day, right? And I just, my prayer is that we would be secure in the truth that God who was on the throne yesterday and who is on the throne today and who will be on the throne tomorrow, he is our hope. He, our all-sovereign, he knows everything, our all-powerful, our all-knowing God reigns over all. And I'm excited to look into his word this morning to discover or to be reminded of some truths, some more truths that we can speak to our souls, that we may be firmly planted and not shaken and find our peace in him. So as we begin, I was just wondering if maybe you would be pondering this question with me. What truth about God, back one, Stephen, for me. What truth about God have you been speaking to your own soul that has deepened your roots in him? Can anybody think of anything over this past study? Something? Is there one truth about God that you have been speaking to your own soul? Thank you. Somebody else? He's with you all the time. Yes, yes. Thank you. Yes. Beautiful. These truths, I love how you just shouted them out. And I just wanted us, I know that there are a ton more. Talk about those in your groups this morning. And I also just wanted us to remind, I want to remind you that let's, let's shout those things and tell those things to each other. Because we don't want to, as Tiffany was talking about, we don't want to just keep it all for ourselves. But we want to share that 
We want to tell others to be encouraged and to move their eyes to see the Lord in a different way. Thank you. And so that leads me to the question then, does my everyday living match the truth I know about God? Does my everyday living match what I am preaching to my own soul? Our author asked us those questions. Just think about it. Highlight it. And if not, and I know, ladies, don't you think that some days we are, some days we're not. Some days I'm better, some days I'm not. So let's remember to give ourselves grace. But let's also remember to hurry back. Hurry back to the Lord. Hurry back to what we know to be true. And I was... Um, studying around, pre, um, getting ready for today, and I happened upon, um, oh, oh, one little thing I wanted to tell you, just really quick about that, about making it a, a, an everyday thing, a habitual um, thing that is into our rhythm of going to God and knowing him more. On the back of your notes, I have a quote from Brother Andrew and his um, his book there. I'm not going to read it. I just wanted you to have it. The practice of the presence of God. Get it. It's about this big. It's really small. But he, I just wanted you to have that. It just really um, stirred my mind to thinking about going back to him again, going back to the Lord again and again, and just making that a part of my way of life. Because we want to be rooted and grounded, just like that the picture of a tree with its roots that we'll see on the screen. <laughs> there it is. Ladies, I loved this image because look at the trees, look at the roots underneath, right? And as I was thinking about that, if I could have, if I had like a really long pointer or a red pen that I could write on there, and I asked my husband, do you think I could write words on those roots? And he, he just giggled and, you know, um, we went on from there. But my point was that if on each of those roots, if you could imagine writing the truth of what you are grounding your soul into, what you are sinking your roots into. And maybe it's God's love, which we're going to be talking about in a minute. Love that one. Um, maybe it's his, his, like you were saying, just that he cares for you, that he comes alongside you. And each of, as we get to know him more, each of those roots takes, takes root and goes deeper and deeper into what we know to be true about him. And it makes us stronger. And as I was reading, um, I came across Second Chronicles, and I remember um, King Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah. And he, they were, well, I don't want to give away the end, but this part was, I read it, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's what we're doing. And in this verse that you'll see here from Second Chronicles, I just want you to see, just listen, see if you hear anything familiar. So this is Jehoshaphat. He's got all the people in front of him, 
and he's praying to God. And he said, oh, Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in the heavens? Are you not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand so that no one can stand against you. Do you hear it? What's he doing? He's speaking to his own soul, truths that he knows about God. He's speaking those truths out loud over the people of Judah. And do you know why he's speaking that? Because they are being surrounded by all kinds of nations that are wanting to make war with them. And so Jehoshaphat brings the people together and he prays this beautiful prayer. And this is the beginning. Oh Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God of the heavens? Saying, yes, you are, reminding his soul that none can stand against him. And he ends the prayer this way which is not on the screen, but I just want you to listen to this. So he ends his prayer like this. Lord, we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. After he goes through telling them about how great God is, and then he lists some things that God has done, and then he ends up, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Oh, ladies, may that be the posture of our hearts and our souls, that our eyes turn to our great God. And just as a little side note, just a little public service announcement, um, what I loved about this and what I want to encourage you as women who are women of the word, that's what you are, you know, you're here studying God's word. You are women of the word. And as that, we want to, to do our best to get the fullest picture of what God's word has for us. And so I know that you probably know this already, but I'm just going to say it again. We want to read for content. So when we, if I were to quote that verse, which I love, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Great verse, right? And we could walk away with that. But knowing, having read before that verse, and then if you read after that verse to see what God did, wow, of course. But then, now doesn't that verse even come more to life? knowing that the people were surrounded and that they had nowhere to go, and then this is what they prayed. And so I just want to encourage you, ladies, as women of the word, read around your verse, before it and behind it, to give you a greater context. And read that first intro page when it talks about when you start reading the book of Colossians, and it tells you about the author, and it tells you about who he's writing to. Read those things. Because you're a woman of the word. And it expands the meaning for us. It expands our knowledge and perspective. And it only takes a little bit of extra reading. But it's so worth it. So in our homework next week, you're going to have that, uh, that chance to practice that. Take the verse and then read around it, and see what else you pull from it. It's so exciting. 
And on that, just a tiny little bit of, I don't know, if you like the word homework, great, go with that. If you want to be challenged or if you just want to feel like Julie's given me a encouragement, just take whichever one works for you. But see how many times you are able to read through Colossians. There's four chapters in Colossians. See how many times before Thanksgiving. And you know why? Because we want this word, everything that we've been studying here, about our great God to sink deeply into us, don't we? We don't want to forget it just when we're done with the study and we close our book. So I'm going to challenge you. If you're a reader, it takes approximately 15 minutes to read through those four chapters. If you're a listener on the Bible app, it takes 13 minutes and 24 seconds, give or take. I usually listen to it while I'm getting ready, while I'm putting my makeup on and doing my hair. I just have whatever book I'm studying or going through, I just have it on play, so I'm listening to it. Maybe you like to do that maybe before bed or as things are quieting down, but pick a time. See how many times you can go through that book just so that you're reminded of the truths that God has given you here. For us being rooted and grounded, just like the tree we saw. We're going to look at it again. I just want to keep that image in your mind as we think about, as we um, go through Ephesians. We're going to go through Paul's prayer for the Ephesians there in a, in a minute. But right now, I just really want to sink this in so that you'll be remembering as we go through some things. And even as we went through our verses um, this week in Psalm 23 about God being our good, the good shepherd, right? How beautiful that is. And I'm so excited to talk about it in my group. And I hope you're just so excited to, to talk about it in yours. But I also wanted to give you a few extra um, verses some, from Psalms. They're in your, on your notes. We're not going to go over those right at this moment. But I just wanted to, to give you a few extra of those. Because I want us to remember how much God cares for us. And... We kind of started out our study in Psalm 43, didn't we? Why are you in despair, O oh my soul? Why have you been disturbed within me? Last time, um, for those of you who were here that I was able to teach with you, I mentioned about my father passing on January 1st, and we had a service here, and then we interned his ashes in Denver, um, Colorado, on May 20th. So we had about five months, and that five months was um, difficult. Uh, people grieve in different ways, don't they? And some of the grieving that was taking place in some family was just, uh, I don't know, some of you have walked through the road, sometimes it just makes it really difficult, right, on top of the grief. Um, so we had that going on, and then we were in Colorado, as I shared, and it was, we arrived, and it was 85, it was 89, it was 90 degrees, and then it showed that on the day of my dad's funeral there, it was going to drop almost 50 degrees, and be cold and rainy and snow, like to 32 degrees. And I, I just cried. 
Yes, because I lost my dad. My heart was broken. But because I couldn't see my God, and I was like, Lord, I, I don't understand. We were so careful. We planned late in May. We, we did all these things. We, we have a beautiful outdoor space. And I, I just, I, was, I, I felt like he didn't care. I felt like he, I couldn't find him through my pain and my heartache. And that is what rocked my heart and soul. Where are you? Why are you in despair, oh my soul? Where are you, God? And then, the part that I didn't share before, a beautiful word came from one of my dearest friends, my sweet Chrissy. And I told her about that, and I was laying it all out. And she said, oh my, see how heaven weeps with you. See how the Father is grieving over your grief. He cares for you. He is near. He comforts the brokenhearted. Friends, those things that she said I knew, right? I just couldn't hear them through my pain. But my friend came along and spoke God's truth into me. Did it change my circumstances? Not one iota. Still turmoil within relationship. Yep, it rained and snowed. (laughs) But my perspective had changed. I could see the one who cares for me. My heart was not in despair. I will sing again, the verse says, right? I was able to do that. And it reminded me of our verse in Colossians, where it says, Let the word of Christ dwell richly within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Ladies, I want to encourage you and and us as women of the word who God is pouring his love and his truth into. It's not just there for us to keep, but it's there to pour out onto each other. To pour out onto each other that we come alongside with psalms and hymns so that when our eyes have trouble seeing our great God, our great God who First Peter tells us, cast all your cares upon him. You know why? Because he cares for you. Cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. The part I loved about the beginning of this prayer in Ephesians 3. 
was that Paul knew that the Ephesians were worried and concerned about his imprisonment and everything he was suffering. And at this part in the letter, he wanted to encourage them and pray for them. And he starts it this way. If, you're in, if you've opened your Bibles to Ephesians 3, verses 14 to 21, that will be lovely. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Do you hear how he starts it? For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. I love how he just used Father here. I, he could have said to God or to the Holy One. But he wanted this prayer to be personal and intimate for the Ephesians. I think he wanted them to remember that this, this, the word Father here denotes God's care, right? And concern and love, just like a perfect Father, our perfect Father, encompasses all those things. I love his next line, don't you? From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Why do I love that? He knows your name. He knows your name. He knows the names of those you love. This is our Father. Can you see his care? Can you see his heart? There's many similarities here now in this prayer is his prayer for the Colossians. And I think that just, and you'll see actually as you read through the epistles or Romans, you'll see um, a lot of these same themes. Maybe the wording's just a little bit different. But so you know his heart. This is the priority. Is that these believers remember who it is that they are praying to and who it is that cares for them. He knows your name. And then he goes on to ask the Lord what he is doing is he said he, he, that he would grant you. So he's asking that the Lord would grant them something, right? But before he asks for the grant, what the Lord would give them, he puts in this little part and it just... It should be huge to remind us of 
where this answer or where this request will come from. He says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. According to the riches of his glory. That's God's riches. So he's going to ask that God grant them what he's going to ask here in a minute. According to God's riches. His magnificent abundance. That's what he wants to be drawn from. That's what he wants the the request to be drawn from. God's magnificent abundance, his riches. I want that. I want my prayers to be drawn from that, my answers to be drawn from that, don't you? Not from my little riches. I don't even even think my things are riches. They're they're just uh, pennies. I don't want to draw from that. We want to draw from the riches of his glory. Of his glory. Ladies, I don't know if you've ever thought about this word glory. I put some definitions down there for you. Um, Just to help expand the glory of God from his glory, his honor, his renown. The unspoken manifestation of God. His glory, his splendor. Another definition of it is to be heavy or weighty. His glory is like, if, if we would put these curtains and, and, and just cover it, if they would just drape on me, would I be able to stand under that? No, it would just sink me down. That is, his glory is weighty. It's heavy. Because it's so... Can we even think of a word big enough? Awesome, magnificent, so out of our mind, we don't even know what it is. This is what's being drawn for, for his request for us to be strengthened for us to be strengthened with power. Whose power? God's power. To be strengthened, to be... I I loved this one definition. Did I give it to you or no? Oh, no, so I'm just going to say it to you. To be strengthened, to prevail, that means that, that we would be able to do something by God's dominating strength. That's what we're being strengthened with. God's dominating strength is how we are able to grow or become strong. And what does he want us to be strengthened with power, God's power? Don't forget, ladies, his power through his spirit. It's his. Did, did, you, did you catch that when we were reading that it's He would grant you his glory, his spirit. It's all about him, ladies. This is what we want to be sinking our roots into. That we may be strengthened with his spirit. Do you remember that when you come to Christ, the Holy Spirit of God is in you? 
take all that we're learning here, his glory, the weightiness, his riches, all that's encompassing into his power, his spirit that is in you. Can you believe it? If we live this way, if we lived with our roots down deep into this, wow, how our lives would change, yes? May it be so, Lord. That we would be strengthened with power in the inner man. That, that's, in the, that's our soul. That we want to be strengthened in there for a purpose. In verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. What is that? What is that? When Christ dwells in our hearts through faith. What is it? It's a salvation. Right? That's, our, that's, that's what, when he comes in, he's talking about here about that we may be strengthened in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. That's salvation, ladies. That's the gospel. And we're right back to it. That Christ may dwell in our hearts. I loved this definition here. Dwell. To live in, to abide. I love that other part. To inhabit the soul. That's God's spirit in us. He's the one living. We want to live out of his power and strength that we have inside us through Christ, through faith. Our faith our assurance of things hoped for, our conviction of things not seen, our assurance, our conviction, more roots that are going deep. That's in Hebrews 11.1, 1, by the way. That's what he wants. That's his heart. And he wants Christ to dwell in our hearts through faith so that we will be rooted and grounded in love. In whose love? In God's love. In the love of Christ. In the love of the Spirit. That's what he wants us to be rooted and grounded in. And then I gave you this little quote there. Because rooted cause it's a cause to take root that makes sense right that they're going down into the ground to be fixed to be firmly established remember the roots that we saw from the tree they're going down i love that part that christ may dwell in us so that we will be rooted and grounded and in this picture i just wanted this is like a root, but a close-up of a root. Do you see how strong that is and how intertwined it is? And I just thought, oh my goodness, Lord, it's like when, when I learn more about you, it gets intertwined what I know about you more. And it gets wrapped around, and it's wrapped around in my soul and my heart, and it's going deeper into his love. cannot be root, broken. It cannot be moved. This is what he wants for us, to be rooted and grounded in love so that we could comprehend 
as if we could, but still it's his prayer. This was so beautiful. This is an easy part to pass over, I think, sometimes, because it's, we think, able to comprehend with all the saints. So that's with everyone who has gone before, behind, will come. What is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of God's love? Easy to kind of go over. But this, uh, Matthew Henry gave this beautiful piece that I have, um, you have it on your page, and it's also going to be on the screen, because I just wanted to, to pull it out a little. By breath, May we understand the extent of it to all ages, all nations, all ranks of men. That's the breadth of God's love. The length of it. It's continuing from everlasting to everlasting. From the beginning of the end. That's the length of God's love. It never ends. It just continues on. And the depth of it. To stooping to the lowest condition with the design, with the purpose, to relieve and save those who have sunk into the depths of sin and misery. And such are us, all of us, before we come to Christ, right? That's the depth of his love, that he would send his son. And the height of it, that's its entitling. That, that's like what's, what's to come, because that's our inheritance, raising us up to the heavenly happiness and glory. That's the height of his love. Matthew Henry says we should desire to comprehend this love. This just expanded my mind so much, I just wanted to share it with you. And he said comprehend this love. Comprehend. Apprehend. For I love this part of it, of the definition to decisively lay hold of. We're grasping that big root. We're sinking it into the ground of his love, ladies. That we would know the love of Christ, his divine love, which surpasses knowledge. It's not just something we learn in our minds. This love permeates our very being and sinks into every crevice of who we are. This is the love. It has to move from our head to our heart and it anchors our souls. This is the truth to return to over and over and seek to live in. Christ's love. Why here? so that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. All the fullness of God, that we may be filled up. The picture here that I had was, I, I just didn't want it to be just like a, a little picture or whatever, but this is our roots are deep. And look how high those trees go. They just keep going. That's us being filled up with the fullness of God. Oh, ladies. If I could even grasp this a little bit, how much things would change for us, yes? Being filled up to the fullness of God, the, filled to capacity. 
It reminded me quickly of when Moses um, asked God to show him his glory. That, wow, what a request there. And God had to put him in a cleft of a rock and put his hand over him. And then he walked by, still protecting him. And then when he took his hand away, Moses was able to peek around and see the backside of God. And what was it God showed him? One piece of his character? It was his goodness. It was his goodness. Oh, Lord, how much do I miss? Because I, I don't take the time to ask you to show me your glory and to fill me up and then to sit and to listen and to wait and to read your word and to take time to be with you, to be filled up, to soak you in, to soak in your truth. Lord, may we each take the time to be filled up to the full. Because the day is coming, friends when all of these things that we are preaching to our own souls, they will be sight. One day, they won't be our assurance or our conviction. It will be right in front of us as we look to Christ and he embodies all of these things. And there it will be, his great love, his sovereignty, his all-knowing right. We will see it with our own eyes. The day is coming, ladies. And until that day, I want us to be encouraged and diligent to be in his word. Stephen Lawson asked once, do you want to hear the audible voice of God? Anyone? He said, read the Bible out loud. Do you read that when you're studying? Read the Bible out loud to yourself. It changes the way we hear things. As we go here from this place today, remember who we're talking to, our great Father who cares for you. Remember, that is his love that he wants us to be so sunk into that we cannot move. And remember that it is he who does exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that we could ask or think. That's who we're praying to. I want to ask us to end this way. If you would stand. We have the last two verses of Ephesians 3. We're going to speak the word of God to each other and to our great God. Let's read together. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace.